book of Romans chapter 1. We're continuing back. It's been uh, three weeks since we've been uh, preaching from this. And uh, this is, of course, uh, we've been looking at uh, different mindsets of the last day. And I'm not going to go to our passage there in 2 Thessalonians, where we have been going to in 1 Timothy 4. Uh, but just a reminder is that, um, <clears throat> am I on here? Okay, just making sure, all right, it sounds a little different up here, just want to make sure y'all can hear me all right. Um, but um, where the Bible uh, reminds us that there's some certain things we ought to know. And uh, listen, folks, there, uh, as Christians, we can't afford to not be spiritually aware of what's going on. That's what Satan wants from us, amen? He wants us oblivious to what's going on around us. He wants us uh, uh, you know, more concerned about uh, the things of this life and not paying attention so that we can be ready uh, for the Lord to come, but also be ready so we can be as, as effective as we can be in these last days we're living in. And so we're trying to help us here with this proper mindset. And so that's what we've been teaching on, preaching on. Romans chapter 1, if you find your place, stand with me together. And uh, I'm going to uh, read uh, beginning in verse 18, and uh, we'll read down through verse 25 tonight. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. But invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed, this is our text verse tonight, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you'd meet with us tonight. We ask that you'd speak with us tonight, God. We need to hear from you, Lord. And God, I pray that you'd help us as your people to be prepared, God, to be ready. Lord, help us to be equipped. God, to not just survive these last of the last days, Lord, but uh, be uh, uh, in the spiritual battle, Lord, uh, doing what you have for us to do, Lord, impacting where we can impact, save and help and save souls, Lord. And so I pray that you bless us and help us, and we love you and thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, again, I'm just going to touch on a couple of things just to refresh your memory on some of this, and uh, then we're going to get right into the message tonight. But what you see in Romans chapter 1 and uh, it is a pathway that leads to a bad place, all right? And uh, any time an individual or society continues on this pathway, there's only one place it ends at, and that is judgment. And by the way, that is what you can look at uh, past societies. Uh, you can see exactly what's happened. And as they say about history, the thing about history is that it repeats itself. It's happening right now in our own country. It's happening around the world. And I'm telling you, this world and this country uh, is on a fast track to the judgment of God. Now, again, I'm, I'm not saying this to just be down on us. I'm saying this so we can be prepared and so that we as Christians can be the salt and light and the warriors for God we need to be. Amen? Again, folks, listen, when this thing's over and we stand before Jesus Christ, we want to hear him say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, do we not? Amen? Amen. Amen. But listen, just because you want that don't mean you're going to hear that. 
Okay, it's more than just wishing something. It's more than just wanting something. We must engage in battle, and we're not going to be able to be an effective warrior if we don't know what's going on. And again, we see this progression here, and uh, we've talked about this uh, there beginning in verse 18. The first uh, mindset we talked about was atheism, and the fact that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Well, again, remember, I like saying this over and over. God has an opinion about the atheist. You're a fool for not believing in me. Amen? We see atheism. And then the next uh, thing we saw in verse 21, uh, or I'm sorry, verse 22 and 23 was evolution. By the way, all these things go hand in hand together. And then after evolution, we saw uh, in verse 24, we saw immorality. And that's the last thing we talked about three weeks ago. Tonight, we're going to look at verse 25, and we're going to look at the next mindset on the list. And that in verse 25, let me read the verse to you again. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Let me tell you what you see wrapped up in verse 25. It is a religion, it is a philosophy, it is a mindset that permeates our world today, and sad to say, even permeates churches today, and that is what's known as humanism. Humanism. And uh, let me say, what is humanism? Humanism is a religious worldview based upon atheism, naturalism, evolution, and ethical relativism. And let me tell you basically what that means. Humanism means, I am my own God. I get to decide what's right and wrong. And nobody has a right to tell me that I'm wrong. That's humanism. And if there's ever a day where we've seen humanism manifest itself, folks, listen, it's been around for a long, long time, but it is a, a giant today that we're dealing with. Amen? And again, we're going to look at some things, and then we're going to uh, turn, turn the look into ourselves for a few moments. All right? Now, I don't know if you ever heard of this or not, but... Uh, and this is what's so amazing about uh, uh, people who are, are given really define who they are and what they're about, okay? This isn't some cloak and dagger stuff. This isn't some secret society, okay? It's not some big mystery. In fact, they have published uh, um, um, articles that tell you exactly what they are and what their goal is, all right? It's called the Humanist Manifesto. How many ever heard of that document? The Humanist Manifesto. By the way, I'm going to read to you, and I'm not going to bog you down with it. I'm going to read some highlights from the Humanist Manifesto. The first one, Humanist Manifesto number one, was published in 1933, 90 years ago. 90 years ago, this document came out, and I want you to listen to, I want you to listen here to what they publicly declared their goals were, okay? And by the way, folks, listen to me. What's happening in our world today is an agenda, you better believe it's an This is a planned uh, uh, way to shape society, okay, and, and get a certain worldview locked into people's minds. And by the way, they're doing a good job at it, okay? Here it is. Let me give you some things. And this you can find this for yourself if you want to Google the Humanist Manifesto. And you can, it's a long document. These are just the highlights from it, okay? Number one, surprise, surprise, there is no creator. Again, do you think the Bible knew what it was talking about when it put atheism number one on the list? Okay? There is no creator. Here's what it says. Man is the result of evolution. Man has no soul. Life ends at death. By the way, that right there sets the mindset for everything else they live by. Because here's the thing. If, if man is the result of evolution, man can live like animals. Okay? If man has no soul, that means man is not eternal. And if life ends at death, there's no one to be accountable to. 
So guess what? Just like I said last week, YOLO, you only live once, do what you want to do. And that is and that is the mindset that the rest is permanates from. Number two, people who believe in any religion have simply been brainwashed by their upbringing and culture. Any human views that are based on faith are not logic and must be rejected. Listen, folks, 1933. 1933. Number three, the time has passed for belief in God. Number four, the only religion that should exist should be based on human experience and reasoning. Faith is denounced. Number five, a man's body and personality is all that exists of him, and both should seek full development and fulfillment here and now. Again, does this kind of sound like what is being propagated in our public school systems? Amen? Number six, worship and prayer should be replaced by a heightened sense of personal life and a cooperation to promote social well-being. Again, let me tell you a flash term that's going on today is what's called social justice. You hear that all the time in our day and age. Number seven, there should be a total abandonment of the belief in the supernatural. Man should be re-educated to define life based on science and reasoning, not on sentimental and unreal hopes and wishful thinking. By the way, even to this day, uh, uh, what's interesting to me is, is that they are changing the meaning of science. Okay? And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Number eight, any acceptable human religion must work towards, listen to this, joy in living now and the satisfactions of this life. Churches that teach a point of view opposite humanism must be altered or eliminated. Amen? How about this? Number nine, communism should be replaced by, or I'm sorry, communism should replace capitalism. Okay? Number ten, Humanism will seek to encourage all men to seek ultimate, unrestricted fulfillment during their life and will fight to remove any boundaries that prevent such activity. 1933. Okay, look how far we've come in 90 years. Every single thing on that list is exactly is the typical mindset of most people today. If you would go out and you would take one of these polls on the street and talk to the common Joe and you would start asking questions about this, most people bobblehead everything that was written in 1933. Well, if that wasn't enough, they they came out with another Humanist Manifesto, number two, and that was published in 1973 and 40 years later because all of a sudden they had to add more stuff in there, okay? And again, uh, some of it is repetitive, but let me just give you a couple things here of what was said in Humanist Manifesto number two in 1973. Number one, here's what they say about religion. They say as non-theist or atheist, okay, we begin with humans, not God, nature, not deity. Amen? And again, uh, exactly what it says in Romans chapter 1. We reject those features of traditional religious morality that deny humans a full appreciation of their own potentialities. Or basically what that means, unrestricted behavior is what that means. Their own potentialities is a fancy way of saying, you know what, people ought to be able to do anything they well want to do. What else it says? No deity can save us. We must save ourselves. Promises of immortal salvation or fear of eternal damnation are both illusionary and harmful. 
Well, it's harmful until you die without Jesus Christ, according to them, right? Well, I tell you right now, anybody who is exiting this life and in eternity uh, not knowing Jesus Christ, it's not very harmful to them now, I can tell you right now. As far as they're wishing, they would have believed it, all right? What else do we see? How about this? Ethics. Here's what it says about ethics. We affirm that moral values derive their source from human experience. Again, have you noticed that as I've read through here? Everything's about human reasoning, human experience, basically saying, yay, you are God. You are God. Ethics is autonomous and situational. Oh, there you go. Needing no theological or ideological sanctions. To deny this distorts the whole basis of life. Again, notice here, it's saying that it's situational. What you may think is right is not what I think is right. No absolutes is what this is teaching. Reason and intelligence are the most effective instruments humankind possesses. Think about that. Reason and intelligence. By the way, in our society, what has society turned into a God? Education. Education is a a false little G God that people are buying into. Because you know why? You can't learn what you need from your parents. You can't learn what you need from the church. You must go to bigger people and smarter people to get educated. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have an education, no doubt about it, all right? I think we ought to try to learn, and there may be things where we need to go get proper learning. But listen, folks, it's not about learning. It's about reprogramming mm-hmm. is what it's about, okay? Again, folks, this is, this is listed, and this is the direction they're going with it. Here's what else they say. In the area of sexuality... We believe that intolerant attitudes, often cultivated by orthodox religions, uh, a.k.a. Ten Commandments, amen, a.k.a. the Word of God, unduly repress sexual conduct. Uh, you think? Amen? You think God has a standard of morality? Yeah, you better believe He does. The many varieties of exploration should not in themselves be considered evil. We do not wish to prohibit by the law or social sanction behavior between consenting adults. By the way, let me tell you something, folks, and I'll be very careful how I say it. It's not no longer propagated between adults. You realize that the acronym, okay, the crazy acronym, the uh, LBG, whatever, all right, uh, all that, you know now there's letter, more letters added onto that that is accommodating to pedophilia. That is where this is going. And by the way, it's not where it's going, it's already here. They're just trying to legalize what's going on. Again, human, uh, the Humanist Manifesto. Here's what they say about a democratic society. They say this, to enhance freedom and dignity, the individual must experience a full range of civil liberties in all societies. Okay, that sounds good on the surface. This includes a recognition of an individual to die with dignity, euthanasia, and the right to suicide. Okay, and again, folks, you see this happening. Some countries have already uh, legalized euthanasia. By the way, think about this for a minute. Who's to say that a person uh, outlives their, their, their usefulness? Let me tell you where they're going with this. It's not a matter of a person deciding. It's a matter of a society deciding. And by the way, let's just, let's just say this, all right? And I, I need to park here for a minute and say this, all right? Um, folks, listen. Our lives are in God's hands. Amen? Listen, it's appointed unto man once to die. God has set that appointment. Amen? And listen to me. We need to understand that. And um, 
the, the fact of, that our lives are in God's hands and that uh, uh, we, we ought to leave that to God. And by the way, you say, but, but it's difficult. It's hard seeing a, a loved one suffer. It's, it's hard seeing a loved one, uh, what it goes through when, when, when death is drawn out. That's why for the Christian, God gives grace to walk through that valley. Amen? Amen. And by the way, you know sometimes the reason God allows people to do that is so that they can be a testimony of the grace of God. And when we decide that we don't want to do that, listen, we're, we're literally uh, stepping outside of God's plans, all right? So this idea of euthanasia and a right to suicide, uh, uh, that's part of this humanistic agenda, okay? Individuals should be encouraged to contribute to their own betterment. Again, on the surface, that sounds good. If unable, then society should provide means to satisfy their basic economic, health, and cultural needs, including, whenever resources make possible, a minimum guaranteed annual income. And what that's called? Socialism. Socialism. Again, what are they trying to push in this country? Though the Bible has the answer for it, all right? If a man shouldn't work, he shouldn't eat. That's what it says. But, and the Bible does make adjustments or allowances for people who can't help themselves. And it gives how it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to do. By the way, it's always been, here's how it's always been when the country was founded, right? It was the, the it was a family's job to take care of their own, and then it was a church's job to help out in those uh, instances. Okay, but now all of a sudden they want to say it's the government's job. Okay, again, folks, this is something that's planned. Now, listen, I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. We're almost through this, and then we're going to get into the scripture. All right. Notice this. Here's the next uh, tenant: world community. Okay, again, <laughs> man, we okay. Here's the word they use now: globalism. Okay, be wary of words like that. Here's what they say. We deplore, notice this, the division of humankind on nationalistic grounds. You know what that means? That means this. They deplore the fact that a country has borders and calls itself a country and is loyal to its country first. There's, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. We use the word proud, but I like to use the word thankful and blessed that we're Americans. There's nothing wrong. That doesn't mean we hate other people from other countries. It just means, hey, I love my country. By the way, uh, God, family, and country first. Amen? By the way, folks, what I just said is something that 50 years ago, a lot of people, most of society, got uh, uh, got and understood. Not anymore. I mean, all of a sudden, if you say, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. Racist! Racist! I mean, that's how they program this society. Again, folks, it's part of the agenda. Thus, we look to develop a system of world law and world order based upon a transitional federal government. Notice the word transitional. You know what that means? That means going from one thing to another. Well, what are they going to? Not just a transi- not just a federal government. Here we go. For the first time in human history, no part of humankind can be isolated from any other. What more daring a goal for humankind than for each person to become an ideal as well as practice a citizen of the world community. Anyway, you know what that is? One world government, one world religion, one world currency. Listen, folks, can you not see how all this is going a certain direction? And that's why as Christians, we've got to know what's going on. You've got to be aware of these things. By the way, that was written in 1973, and how even more true is it uh, 50 years later in 2023? 
Amen? And so again, folks, that's the direction all this is going. Now, let's get into the Scripture tonight, because do you think God uh, has uh, some opinions about this? You better believe God does. Amen? And let me show you here what the Scripture says based upon a few of these tenets of humanism. All right? Here's what humanism says. Absolute rejection of the belief of the supernatural. No creator, no creation, no divine moral code, no soul, no God, no sin, no salvation, no heaven, no hell, no eternal consequence for anything a person says or does in this life. That's what they say. Now, I've heard enough of what they have to say. What does God say? Amen? Take your Bibles, Romans chapter 3, a couple pages over. And we're going to see what God has to say. Amen? Romans chapter 3. Let's pick it up in verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Here's what the Bible says. For what if some did not believe? Okay, by the way, that's not just a rhetorical question. That is a question asking, okay, so what? Some people don't believe in God. Some people don't believe what the Bible says. So what's that mean for us if there's people who don't believe? Here we go. Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Look what it says in verse 4. God forbid. God forbid. Yay, here we go. Let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sort judged. Here's what God said. Okay, fine. There's going to be people out there who deny me. There's going to be people out there who deny my word. And they're going to believe what they want to believe. By the way, this, is, this isn't new. This has been all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. What the serpent say to Eve? Yea, hath God said, ye shall not die. Ye shall be as gods. What that means? You're your own God. All the way back. Listen, folks, this was the tactic of Satan all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Why should it surprise us that it's happening in our day and age? So, yeah, go ahead. You, you can believe what you want. But here's what God says. Shall your unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Ain't happening is what he's saying. Forget it. Because you know why it's not happening? Because God is true and every man's a liar. By the way, that, there's not a truer statement in the Bible than that one right there. I mean, we know the Bible's all truth. But there are certain truths that are emphatic truths. And let me tell you, verse 4, emphatic truths. God forbid, let God be true and every man a liar. At the end of the day, folks, it don't matter what mankind thinks. It doesn't matter what people believe. It only matters that we're going to face the, the eternal God sitting on His throne one of these days. And guess who's going to have the last word? Amen? And so because of free will... Because God created us with free will, God allows man to choose what they believe. But just because of, uh, uh, you may believe something doesn't mean it's true. By the way, you want to know a, a word that this group hates? Truth. They hate that word. Because truth, by its very definition, is very narrow. Okay? You know what truth means? One right answer, everything else are wrong answers. Okay? And you know what truth is? Absolute. You know what they want to believe? Relativism. Truth is relative to what you want it to be. And that's why right now our country is in the mess it's in with this thing about uh, what, what is a man and what is a woman. Because what they're trying to do, all right, is separate biological sex from gender. Okay? They, they, they draw a distinction between the two. And gender to them is a mindset. And gender is basically saying you can be what you want to be. 
And that's why people nowadays can pretend they're animals, and all of a sudden we have to accept that just because they say it, we have to accept they're an animal. Or we have to accept a biological male saying he's a woman. Let me tell you, you may accept it, I'm not accepting it. Amen. 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 I'm going to tell you right now, listen to me, I ain't came into that junk. I ain't came into that garbage. Okay, if a man wants me to call him a woman, I'm going to say you're crazy. Yep. That ain't what you are. You are what God created you to be. Amen. 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 I'm going to tell you, we got to stop. We got, as Christians, we got to not give in to this garbage. Yes, and let me tell you, the darker the day gets, and the more we get to the end of this thing, the pressure's coming for us to cave to it. Yep. I mean, folks, listen. The story's going on right now across this country and across this world. There is a, there is a father right now who is in, in Canada who's in jail because his ex-wife wanted to transition his daughter into a biological male. And he tried to fight it. He tried to stop it. And it happened anyway. Because guess, guess what side the court system always sides with? Okay? You think they always side for the one that's trying to oppose this? Absolutely not. And because his daughter was transitioning, and he called his daughter by a her and a she, he went to jail for it. In Canada, there's a law that they treat that, not using someone's preferred pronoun as a parent to a child, as the same as child abuse. And this father is in jail because of it right now. You don't think this stuff's not coming to our country? And let me tell you, as Christians, we better figure out where the line's at. We better figure out, listen, I'm not on their side. I'm not on my side. I'm on God's side. Amen? We better figure this stuff out. That's what God has to say about it. Go to John chapter 3. What else does God have to say about people who want to believe there is no God, there is no heaven, there is no hell? Well, let's see what Jesus has to say here. John chapter 3. Of course, this is the chapter where um, Jesus is having that late night conversation with Nicodemus. And a lot of good truth is found in this chapter. Uh, but uh, notice what it says here in verse 18. Alright, here you go. Jesus breaks this thing down as simple as it can be broken down. Okay? If you wonder whether or not you're saved, if you doubt salvation, all you got to do is look at this right here. Here we go. You ready? John 3.18. He that believeth on him, talking about himself, Jesus Christ, is not condemned. There you go. Amen? He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So you know what God says? He said, okay, fine. You can believe what you want, but if you don't believe in me, you're condemned. Yes, sir. That's what he says. Amen? That's how simple of a truth it is. Okay? And then let's go uh, one more passage here, okay? Revelation chapter 21. And what's interesting about this verse, I use this verse quite a bit when I'm witnessing to people uh, to talk to them about, about hell and the lake of fire. But right in the midst of Revelation chapter 21, which is, is the chapter that talks about the new heaven, the new earth, talks about the river of life, the fountain of life, talks about the new city, the new Jerusalem, right in the middle of this chapter, you find this verse sandwiched in between. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Here's what he says. But, by the way, contrast here. That means this. There's the right side, there's the wrong side. Amen? There's Jesus Christ, there's everything else. There's heaven, there's hell. But, the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murders, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth the fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Listen, you can believe anything you want to believe, but at the end of the day, if you don't believe on the Son, that's your eternal fate. 
And like I said before, folks, there are no atheists, there are none. Zero, zilch. So that's what God has to say about absolute rejection of the belief of the supernatural. How about this? Number two, here's what humanism says. Man is the product of evolution and possess only a human body and a personality. That's what they say. There's no living soul inside of a human being. Well, let's see what God has to say about it. Go to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. We're kind of doing more of a, a Bible study on some of this tonight, uh, but uh, that's good for us. Amen? Because again, folks, it's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. What does God have to say about it? Titus chapter 1, verse 15. Notice what he says here. I'll give you a second to get there. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But notice this, even their mind and conscience is defiled. Amen? Their mind and conscience is defiled. And that's the problem, folks. Truth be told, you go back to Romans chapter 1, another description of that is called reprobate. You reach a point, folks, you cross a line with God, and it messes your mind up. It messes your mind up. It's called a reprobate mind. Here the Bible says that the, the mind and conscience is defiled. And when you get to that point, folks, there's nothing good. There's nothing pure. Everything has an evil, defiled slant to it. Hebrews chapter 9. What's God have to say about the fact that a person only has a body and a personality? Here's what it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Amen? God, the Bible doesn't teach, God doesn't say that when you die, that's it. Lights out, nothing else. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible clearly teaches that there's a life after this one, and what waits in that life is either eternal reward or eternal judgment based upon what you give of Jesus Christ. That is the theme of the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. As appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And then here's what we see in Revelation. You don't have to turn there. Let me read it to you. Chapter 20, verse 12. The Bible says to me, one of the most sovereign passages of Scripture, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in their books according to their works. God says, listen, after this life, eternal judgment is waiting for those that reject me. So again, how convenient. If you want to live this life the way they live it, as an atheist, as an evolutionist, as a humanist, I wouldn't want to believe there was a God either. Because I would have to be accountable to that God. And by the way, folks, that's what they're trying to get out of, is accountability. I'm going to tell you right now, nobody getting out of the day where we're, we're going to face God. Amen? So that's what they say about human, uh, or I'm sorry, about uh, uh, the uh, human body only being, or a human only being a body and personality. Here's what the humanist says this. They say human intellect, logic, reasoning, must be the basis for anything he believes in. So here's basically what it means this, okay? If I have to be able to see it and understand it and prove it, if it's true, okay? That's what the, that's what the, the evolutionist said. I'm sorry, that's what the humanist says. Only that which can be scientifically proven or individually experienced should be believed. Okay? Now, on the surface, all right, that sounds like it might be a little bit logical until you open the Word of God. But then guess what you find? You find things like this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the preaching of the cross is to them uh, that perish foolishness. He, my God, saying, what I'm telling you to believe, the world thinks is crazy. They think it's foolish. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. 
Where is the wise? Where is the, where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I love those verses because you know what they emphasize? They emphasize what God says is important and wise. You know what that is? The preaching of the Word of God. Particularly the preaching of the cross. Amen? The world thinks we're nuts. They think we're crazy. They think we're bigoted and, and, and hate mongers because we believe in a very narrow definition of salvation. But because, okay, let's think about it for a minute. If we believe the Bible about salvation, that means that uh, if a person doesn't believe what the Bible says, they're going to a devil's hell forever and ever. Oh, that's mean. That, you don't have the right to tell somebody where they're going when they die. You're right. I don't, but God does. Amen? And again, folks, uh, uh, that's where they're going with this, with, with all this hate crime and stuff. And I'm telling you, mark my words, it's already in the works, and it's going to continue to go there. Why? Because uh, human intellect, logic, and reasoning must be the basis for everything they believe in according to the humanist. Let me just remind you what the Bible says in Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know what God says? Listen, when it comes to your belief in me, it's got to be by faith. It's got to be by faith. First, and by the way, let me tell you what's interesting about this. is When, when you by faith come to God, isn't it amazing, amazing, truth be told, how much it makes sense? The Bible says in uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse, verse 18, God says to His prophet, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. By the way, you know what? Believing in God, believing in the Creator, believing that man needs redemption, and that there's a God who loves us, who paid the price for all redemption, that is reasonable to believe. It's reasonable. And anybody that, that would, would look at it and, and think reasonably, okay, would understand, yes. Now, so first and foremost, it's by faith. But when you believe it by faith, it's amazing how much it just makes sense. Amen? And then last of all, here's what else the humanist says. And this is, this is the big one right here. This is the one that they hang all of, their, all of their dogma on, all of their mantra on. Here's what they say. There are no absolutes. Okay? Here's what that means. Right and wrong are relative to each individual. A moral code cannot be found, only discovered as each individual leads his own life. Okay, uh, I, uh, I yesterday. Now I'll, I'm going to say this, okay, and, and I'm going to put it out there for you. Uh, but and, and I'm not necessarily promoting this. I think as adults, for sure, okay. Uh, but there's a documentary we watched. I, 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 I was hesitant on telling you, but I'm going to tell you, okay. I, I don't recommend you watch it with your children because there's some uh, not necessarily cursing in it, but some very reality things that your children probably shouldn't hear until you think they should, okay. There's a documentary that just got put out. I watched it yesterday, or Friday. It's called What is a Woman? Anybody ever seen that? Okay. There's a man, uh, he's a conservative. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's a Christian, but he's a conservative. He put out this documentary, and all he was trying to do was go across the country and ask people, okay, th th that simple question, what is a woman? And you would think he would have asked them what the equation for jet propulsion is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Goes and interviews, and it was a very unbiased interview. He wasn't being combative. He was just asking questions. And let me tell you something, folks. You talk about pushing the buttons of the, of the left, pushing the buttons of these people who believe in no absolute. They're, they're college professors, okay? Oh, you're, 
here's what one of them said. Don't say the word truth. The word truth offends me. <laughs> Literally, that's what they said. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's an eye-opener to what's happening in our country, okay? And I would encourage you, as adults, watch that, okay? And again, I don't always recommend certain things, but and, there, and I'll just tell you, there is some, uh, 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 it's not like, um, you know, just, just filth. It's just having a conversation with people and what their worldview is on things, okay? But what's interesting is every single person that this man interviewed, you know what it all came back to? There are no absolutes, Truth is what you want it to be. And that's why, in their view, a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man because that's what they feel. That's what they want. Interviewed this one person. And I don't even really remember what it was, male or female, okay? It was a person, okay? That's all you could tell by looking at it. It was a person. They said they were a wolf. He says, excuse me? Oh, I'm a wolf. I, I identify as a wolf. Oh, really? And, and went into this some crazy explanation because when they were younger, they saw a wolf, and all of a sudden, they felt like they're a wolf. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You think that sounds crazy? You know how many people out there that believe in weird, wacky stuff like that? Okay. You know why? Because, I'm going to tell you why, truth, they're not being presented with truth. And you know whose fault it is? Okay. It ain't the public school system's fault. Okay. It ain't, it ain't the crazy leftist's fault. It's because preachers don't have the guts to stand up and preach what I'm preaching tonight. Saying, hey, you know what, human beings? Hey, you know what, society? Listen, truth's not relevant. Truth is absolute. And the Word of God defines truth. Amen. Amen? And Christians aren't standing for it. We're caving on it. Preachers aren't preaching it. Parents aren't hammering to the heads of their kids. And they're allowing their kids to be raised by Hollywood and the Internet and social media. And it's no wonder, it's no wonder our society's a mess. Amen? Now listen, as Christians, we're to be salt and light against this stuff. It doesn't mean we hate people. In fact, the best thing you can do if you love somebody is tell them the truth. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, folks, this idea there are no absolutes is an absolute lie. Ah, there you go. Absolute lie from hell, right? Because what's the Bible say? Again, whose opinion matters? God's opinion matters. Here's what God says, 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know what he's saying by that verse? You know what absolute truth is? The Word of God. The Word of God. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Listen, folks, the Word of God shows us, teaches us what God expects, how we ought to be living, and what's going to happen if we don't live up to God's standard. Listen, folks, the Word of God equips us with everything we need to know about truth. About truth. You know what's so sad about that group of people, especially the, uh, <clears throat> the ones that are involved in this uh, sodomite and transgender crap? You know what's so sad about that? You realize that group of people has one of the highest suicide rates out of any group of people in the country. Now, now, come on now, you're telling me that if it's so right and, and everything is what it ought to be about it, why are they killing themselves more than any other group? Okay, that right there ought to tell you something, amen? Because I'm telling you, folks, regardless of what the world says, regardless of what the humanist says, amen, there are absolutes and they're defined by the Word of God. Now listen to me, take the next couple minutes and bring this to where we live at, all right? Is humanistic teaching <clears throat> happening in our world today? You better believe it. It's become the religion of the public school system. It's become the religion of the universities. Humanism is, is the main tenet 
of, of people that don't know God's belief. But you know what? Here's the thing, okay? Again, let, let, the world's going to do what it's going to do. How does this affect us? Well, truth be told, let me tell you what's even more sad. It's how that humanism can even be seen in the local church of Jesus Christ. Can even, truth be told, folks, be practiced by Christians. Christians, even though they're saved, can practice humanistic philosophies. By the way, you know what carnal Christianity is? Okay, They call it Christian liberty. Okay, that's what they say. Basically, it means this. I'm a Christian. I can basically worship God how I want. I can live how I want, do what I want. And because I'm a Christian, you know what? God is going to have to accept it. Let me tell you, folks, that's nothing that nothing can be further from the truth. Listen, God outlines in His Word how He expects His people to behave, how He expects for us to live, the things we're supposed to do, the things we're not supposed to do. Let me tell you, when we as Christians, like I said last week, Treat the Word of God like a buffet. Well, I like this, but I, 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 I don't think I'll take that. Oh, yeah, well, uh, th this makes me feel good, but eh, not, not that so much. When we treat the Word of God and Bible principles like a buffet, you know what truth be told we're really doing? We're being humanistic. We're saying, God, I don't want all of your Word. I want the parts that suit me. Let me tell you, folks, that's a humanistic philosophy. Let me tell you what humanistic and carnal Christianity do. They deplore the biblical standards and expression of humanistic thinking. You know what? They, 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 they have a hard time believing that the Bible is the final authority in their lives and practice. By the way, you read our church constitution. You know what is through it? You know what it says, emphatically says? That the King James Bible is the final authority for all faith and practice. That's what it said. By the way, that's what I believe. Amen. By the way, if you're a member of this church, you read through the constitution. You said, I believe that too. You did. Because you joined this church. And you didn't join it without reading the Constitution. Because I don't let anyone join the church until they first read the Constitution. So what you're saying is, you know what? By being a part of White River Baptist Church, I believe the Bible is the final authority for all faith and practice in my life. Okay? So here's the question. Why aren't we doing it? Now, again, I'm not. I, none of us are perfect. I get it. Okay? Some of us are. I mean, we're not perfect until we get to heaven. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about, though, doing the best we can to live up to the principles of the Word of God. Okay? Listen, folks. It's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for your family. It's dangerous for this church when you live in open defiance to the Word of God. It's dangerous. You're walking on thin ice. Amen? I'm going to tell you, folks. Listen to me. God's a good Father. You press God enough, He's going to whoop the fire out of you. Okay? The Bible teaches us that. He's a good Father. By the way, if you... Uh, are supposedly a Christian, okay, and you're not getting disciplined, the Bible says, check your salvation. Here's what the Bible says. Biblical terminology here. It says you're a bastard. It's not, that's not person. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. Because God loves his kids and disciplines his kids. By the way, if you don't respond to God's discipline, okay, he talks about chastening. All right, chastening. By the way, listen to me, okay. I don't want to get chastened by God. I would rather clean myself up by holding myself to the standard of the Word of God and keeping myself clean. That's why I go before God every day and ask the Holy Spirit to search me and try me and know me and humble myself before the throne of God and confess my sin and sorrow over my sin because I don't want God to have to chastise me for being a disobedient son. But guess what? He will. God's not afraid of you. He ain't afraid of me. He's a good father. And by the way, He may whoop you a little bit. Okay. And by the way, God doesn't always drop the boom. 
because he's merciful. All right? I mean, come on. When it comes to our kids, every time they get out of line, listen, you don't, the first the first option isn't the nuclear option. Okay? You know what? A lot of times, as a good parent, all you got to do, how about this? Give it a look. Right? Or maybe <clears throat> clear the throat. Or maybe just say a name. God forbid the middle name. Right? Okay? All right? Listen, you don't, you don't start up here. Okay? But if a kid's not listening, then you know what you got to do? You got to up the ante a little bit. By the way, God does that in our lives. He says if we don't respond to chastening, come on now, He scourges us. By the way, scourging hurts a lot more than chastening. But you know why He does it? Because He loves us. He's a good Father. Amen? And as Brother Martin said last week, God's not so much interested in our comfort as He is us being conformed in the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Because God knows when this thing's over what truly matters. And what truly matters is that we're living according to the Word of God, like the Son of God, and Jesus Christ, we're being made into His image. Amen? That's what's going to matter at the judgment seat of Christ. Not whether or not our little feelings got hurt because of this or that. Amen? Now listen, let's as Christians throw out this humanistic, uh, humanistic philosophy in our own lives and start living according to the Word of God. Amen? Come on, parents. It's our job to walk guard around our homes, especially us dads. Amen? And then moms, too, get in line with that as we're trying to raise our kids right in this wicked, perverse generation we're living in. Okay? By the way, listen, Satan hates you if you go to this church. He hates you. He wants to destroy you. You think the devil's happy about what's been happening around here the last few weeks? And by the way, not just the last few weeks. Truth be told, since the inception of this church, God works miracles here. There are miracles sitting in this room tonight. Miracles. Listen, I didn't do that. You didn't do that. God did that. And listen, Satan's mad about it. He's mad about it. So you know what he's doing? He's trying to destroy this place. By the way, he can't do it unless we allow him to. Jesus Christ promised divine perpetuity to his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, we cannot be destroyed from without, but the devil knows that, so that's not his plan most of the time. You know what the plan is? Bust it up from within. Amen? And listen to me, church. The further we go toward God, the, listen, you don't think as we're getting ready to get this building built and, and, and the direction we're going with expanding and reaching more people and the people we've been seeing saved recently, you don't think that the devil's not already working, he's not already trying to attack us? You better believe he is. He's doing it in my life, he's going to do it in your life, he's going to do it in all of our lives. And if we are carnally minded, if we have a humanistic mindset, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be using the devil to bust up the unity of the church. Okay, I don't know about you. I don't want that in my conscience. Amen? Listen, folks, what keeps you all from that? Okay, I'll tell you what keeps you all from that. This book right here. Amen. Stay in this book every single day. If this book gets on you, thank God for it and change your behavior. If it says to do something, you better do it. I better do it. If it says to quit doing something, you better quit doing it. Okay? That's the power the Word of God ought to have in our life. Not... Let's see how the wind's blowing. What's society doing? What's everybody else on social media doing? Right. No. What's the Word of God say? All right? And listen, folks, we've got to keep this wicked, humanistic philosophy out of our lives and out of the church of Jesus Christ. The world's going to do what it's going to do. But we as Christians ought to be standing strong. We ought to have the right mindset. We ought to be able to combat this mindset. And listen, be the warriors that God wants for us to be. As we're living out in these dark days. Amen? Come on, how about y'all? This is an exciting time to live. I'll be honest with you. It's exciting. I mean, I'm glad God called me to live in the day and age I'm living in. I'm thankful for that. Man, to be part of that uh, of that, of that group when the battle's the, 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 the hardest and the night is the darkest to be able to shine and fight for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, folks, what exciting days. But they're also dangerous if we don't have the right mindset about it. Let's pray. Lord, we